we should chug on over to Mamby Pamby Land where maybe we can find some self-confidence for you, you jackwagon! Coming to you live from his padded cell high atop Bethel Church, the most heralded, the most despised talk show in all of human history. This is the talk show Hell Hates. This is Pastor Mike Online. And here we are finally coming to you live from our top secret broadcasting bunker. This is Pastor Mike here at Area 52, the talk show that hell hates. The more you listen, the more you know why. Good to be with you today. Um, I've got a video I want to start out with. Uh, just, uh, just, I'm just going to show maybe a minute or two uh, of this. This was um, on YouTube uh, and... Uh, I saw a piece of it on Instagram, uh, was it last night or this morning, something like that, of a uh, an unidentified uh, orb, is, is how I can describe it, and um, somebody was, I don't know if they were flying the drone and saw the uh, the UFO and and followed it, or if they saw the UFO and launched a drone uh, to follow it. But this is going to be drone video, and apparently um, somebody's got like 4K video. Apparently the drone had 4K video ability. Um, the video I have is not 4K, uh, but anyway, it, it it's an interesting. It's an interesting video, and I'll, I'll just kind of show uh, a little bit of it uh, this morning for you or this afternoon for you. I'll hit the button here. There's There it is right there. Now, uh, before you go, oh, ho-hum, uh, watch this thing, okay? Um, he, there's It's going to get closer the drone, that is, is going to get a lot closer to this unidentified. You can see that it's in America. There's a high school football field right there at the top. Uh, the orb is right here. Now, this thing is rather small compared to you know, some of the other things that people have seen. Uh, you know, people have seen like 30 meter wide discs flying in the air. This doesn't seem to be that big. Uh, and what it's what is it that it's finding interesting in a lumber yard where they make uh, roof rafters? I don't know. Um, but anyway, he seems to have lost it for a minute. He'll gain it back here shortly when we get done looking at this um, I'm going to share with you uh, we're just going to keep it simple today uh, some scriptures the Lord woke me up early this morning and uh, so I've been a little sleepy all morning but when he did uh, I opened up to the Psalms and was blessed all over again and uh, I feel like sharing that with you today. I think somebody out there needs it. There it is right there. 
There it is. And again, you would just ask the question, what is it that this orb is finding interesting in what amounts to the the industrial park of town? Now the thing is closer. You're going to get a better look at it. And it just moves back and forth at varying speeds. Um, Right there. Oh, yeah, there we go. Very close up. We're going to get another one here in a little bit. In a little bit. Any day now. Come on. Come on, Mr. Orb. You can do it. Don't be camera shy. There it is. Oh, pass it up. There it is. Let me stop it for you right there. Um, It's just a black basketball flying in the sky. Uh, It's got some form of yellow. I don't know if they're markings. I don't know if they serve uh, some purpose as far as navigation or as far as data collection or whatever. I mean, I don't know. Um, it could be uh, writing on the side of it. We, you know, I don't, I, there's a little cl- better close-up. Um, and, and like that, that's just interesting. We, it doesn't look like any words that are recognizable. I don't see any letters that are recognizable. Um, but, you know what? Let me back up just a skosh here. The yellowish area here, if you look right here, where my mouse is pointed, it sort of looks like the roundness of this orb deviates right here, like it's sunk in at this point, like like it's a perfectly shaped orb, but something was notched out and put into this place, if that makes sense. Uh, You can see that as it moves back and forth, up and down. You see it there. I think there, too. Could be wrong. Been wrong before. Be wrong again. Um, This video, where was it? This was done, I think this was captured out in California. Um, Porterville, uh, California. Porterville UFO close-up video reveals surprising features and details. Um, it it doesn't really reveal them all that well, in my opinion. I think we can see some things there. I don't think it reveals anything of significance to us. I think it's sort of similar to. Uh, let me let me back this up here. Just. In case you're thinking that this also is a drone, 
follow the movements for the next minute. Follow the movements of this orb and ask yourself, is that physically possible? The increase in speed, the sudden stops and, and moving in a different direction, are those possible in our three-dimensional physical universe? In other words, does this violate the laws of three-dimensional physics? It, it looks like it does. By the way, it's just um, going and stopping and accelerating, and there it is, like that. Okay? that That's not really drone capability. Does it really have... Um, the, the drones that we manufacture do not have that capability of moving forward and backward at those speeds without slowing down, decelerating, coming to a stop, and then turning, accelerating. Uh, what's interesting to me is that the part that has the yellow things on the side, that seems to remain consistent. In other words, no matter what direction it goes in, that always stays to whatever direction that is. I think by this time, they there it is right there. See? No matter where it goes and where it is, the yellow part, the yellowish part here, always is pointing that direction. Now, you get a little bit of uh, what I'm saying here when you read uh, Exodus 1. and Or not Exodus 1, Ezekiel 1. In Ezekiel 1, the four living creatures that had four faces, no matter which way that chariot was going, if, if the man's face was facing east and it decided to go west, it didn't turn around. It just went west. And if, the, let's say, the lion is facing west, then it's the lion's face that's first. And the eastern man face is facing the opposite direction of the direction it's going in. In other words, it didn't turn itself to go into a different direction. It just went in a different direction without, without turning. And the wheels did likewise uh, because the spirit of the living creature was in the wheels. And it makes the wheels a living entity. Just like I would, I would say that this orb with, without, uh, without using a stethoscope and a blood pressure cuff and a thermometer to take its vital signs, I would say that it's possible that this orb is a singular living, existing being of whatever, however much life God put into it, uh, that's how it is. And I, I said this phrase, however much life God put into it. I stand by that phrase. God made everything. God made the good, 
God made the bad. And God, here we go, going to get some emails on this one. God created evil. Now, if you don't believe that, then I'm going to type that exact phrase in the Bible, create evil. Oh, look, God says I create evil. Look at what he says here in Isaiah 45. Uh, Oh, I like this. Let's start in verse 5. I am the Lord, and there is none else. There is no capital G, God, beside me. There isn't one. I girded thee, though thou hast not known me. Everybody on this planet is clothed, housed, fed, watered, given its very existence and its life, and doesn't regard the God that did it. Okay? I girded thee, though thou hast not known thee, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I want to ask all of you who uh, have fallen into the pit of uh, Geo Frisbeeism. What I mean by that is you now are official card-carrying member of the Flat Earth people. What direction is west? In, in your model of the world, let me, let me get some high-end, very sophisticated, multi-million-dollar graphics going here. Okay? I'm going to draw a picture of the flat earth. Okay? See that right there? You know what? Let me let me get full screen here so you guys can enjoy the beauty of my computer art, okay? See that right there? That's the earth. According to flat according to flat earth people. You have the north pole as that dot in the middle and all of this, I'm going to draw like an inner circle around the outer circle. All of this right here is the so-called ice wall that they say surrounds the edge of the earth so that no one falls off. I, I didn't make that up. That's them. Now, I'm going to ask you again, where is West? Where is West? Because every direction on this, on this map, this is your map. This is your flat earth model. Where is west? It doesn't exist. You cannot throw 
a bottle, a cannonball, a rifle bullet, an arrow, a rock, a fit, a temper tantrum. You can't throw. My computer was froze. You can't throw something west. Because no matter what direction you throw it, it's on your map, it's going south. Always. Let's say that you lived right here, this dot, okay? That dot is where you live. And you're going to throw a ball west. So I will draw a line and put an arrow by it. You threw it south. You didn't throw it west. It's going toward the south wall. So again, where is west? Because you all say, the Bible says in over a thousand verses that the earth is flat. But they never quote one of them. Not one. Oh, they like to quote uh, where the Bible talks about that... Um, the uh, circle of the earth, and they say, circles are flat. No, not always. I'll show you that. Uh, here, watch this. The King James Pure Bible Search Software has Webster's Dictionary built into it. Let me put that on the screen for you. And lo and behold, in geometry, a plane figure comprehended by a single curved line called its circumference, every part of which is equally distant from a point called the center. Of course, all lines drawn from the center to, to the circumference or periphery are equal to each other. In popular use, the line that comprehends the figure, the plane, or surface comprehended and the whole body or solid matter of a round substance are denominated a circle, a ring, an orb. The earth That's Webster's 1828 Dictionary. Three, a compass, a circuit, as the circle of the forest. So the definition of a circle is an orb or the earth. Take your pick. Take your pick. But clearly, clearly in this verse that they may know from the rising of the sun. And now, here's a question I'm going to ask all of our flat earth friends. Where is east? Where is it? Tell me where the sun rises up above the horizon. Tell, tell me where that is. Your sun... Again, let me get full screen here. Here's your flat earth. Your sun does not come up like this and go down like this. Oh, no. Your sun goes around the earth like this. Fly away with me, Lucille, in my merry Oldsmobile. 
It goes around in a circle. It never rises up and it never goes down. And yet that's what the Bible says the sun does from the rising of the sun. And in some places it says to the going down of the same. But here it says, and to the west. Now you've got, you've got the same problem. Number one, you have a sun that doesn't ever go down. And number two, you have a sun that can't be ever in the west because there is no west. It's always only south. On a, on a flat plane circle, there's only two directions, north and south, and that's it. It's all, that's all you can do. Oh, boy. But back up, uh, back to the ranch here. Verse 6, that they may know from the rising of the sun and from the west that there is none beside me. I am the Lord and there is none else. I form light and create darkness. And I and listen, I, believe it or not, there are people who have a, a, a huge hang-up with this because they've been told by men in the clergy um, or they have just believed it themselves, maybe from some book that they've read or some blog that they watch or whatever, um, that God cannot have anything to do with evil. Certainly God can't create evil. And when I say to people that God created Lucifer to do exactly what Lucifer has done since before the foundation of the world. It's, it's like I just said, uh, Mary's God. It's, it, that's, I mean, to them, it's almost the same blasphemy if I, if I said the Pope or Mary is God. And uh, they just can't, they said, no, that, no, that's not what happened. God created Lucifer to be good, but then Lucifer turned bad. Well, wasn't that in God's plan? Sure it was. Absolutely it was. Why then does the Bible refer to Christ as being slain from the foundation of the earth or the world? In other words, God's plan, God's plan for man's salvation existed before there ever was a world that was created. So surely God, God's name is, I'm not saying God's name is Shirley, okay? So don't tie me down to that. But surely God knows enough about the future of this universe that he created to know that if he creates an angel, a dragon angel, that is absolutely the most beautiful thing you have ever seen in your life, he sealeth up the sum full of wisdom and beauty. You look at him and go, ooh, ah, he is magnificent. Surely God knew 
what response Satan, Lucifer, would have to all of that taking place. He would, he would turn bad in an instant and go about trying to destroy the works of God. God knew it before there ever was a world. And if God didn't like the fact that after he creates Lucifer, that he goes bad. Well, listen, my friend, if God don't like something, it doesn't happen. If God doesn't, if I mean, if God absolutely refuses to let you be part of something, let you participate in something, let you join up with something, or let you whatever, then it doesn't happen. It's that simple. So then he says he, he forms a light, he creates darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, you want to call me a heretic? Call me a heretic. Make a, make a video about me and call me a heretic in this video. And say, Mike Hoggard is crazy. He's a heretic. He's saying that God creates evil. Well, we know that God cannot have anything to do with evil. But yet it says right there that he created it. So what do you do about that? I, the Lord, do all these things. Amen. And he created evil to give you and I a true choice on where we're going to spend the rest of our life here and where we're going to spend it in eternity. That's what God does. Uh, let's see here. Let me go. Uh, this is what I'm going to do today. Uh, I'm not going to. I've already shown you a UAP video. It is pretty interesting. Um, it, it seems like it's legitimate. And um, all of this is going on right now while uh, there are some in Congress. Chuck Schumer is one of them. I am amazed at the number of Democrats that are honestly pushing for um, government disclosure of most of what it knows on unidentified flying objects. I'm I'm really I'm really amazed at that. Um, and it just seems like every day uh, somebody's making the news in Congress, either coming out for or against this uh, new UAP bill that is before Congress right now. You have men like Dick Durbin, who is one of those corrupt Chicago uh, politicians, lifetime politicians from Chicago, from Illinois. Illinois is a very corrupt state. Chicago always has been for some reason. You have the Chicago Mafia. Um, but anyway, um, you have... You have uh, Dick Durbin, who is adamantly fighting against disclosure, 
In other words, the government opening up a majority of its files on UAPs for public scrutiny to let the public know a little bit about what our government has known all along about unidentified flying objects. Uh, And he basically is uh, leading the charge to make sure that none of this happens. He's what they call a gatekeeper. He's going to make sure that those gates that are locking in our knowledge of unidentified flying objects, UAPs, unknown aerial phenomenon, and so on, uh, he's making sure that the, um, the citizens of this country know as little as possible about the subject. And don't worry about the subject. Don't think about the subject. Just let it go away, and it will. But I'm afraid it won't. Because I do believe that it fulfills quite a bit of ancient Bible prophecy. And um, I ask for your prayers in finding out more and more than what I know or what I believe already. I'm never, I mean, this is like my nature. I'm never satisfied with what I know. I want to know what else can be known. In that, I'm sort of like most men with the TV remote in their hand. Men don't want to know what's on TV. Men want to know what else is on TV. Okay? That's just us. So we're flip, flip, flip. <laughs> flip. That's men. All right. Now, uh, I woke up 4 o'clock this morning. Didn't want to. Uh, but couldn't go back to sleep. And the Lord said, Michael, open up that book. So Michael opened up that book. And I opened up that book to Psalm 30. And I tell you what, I had me a little revival this morning. I needed it. I will extol the uh, Psalm 30, 31, 32, 33, 34. Those are the chapters that I read. And um, all of them pretty much dealt with the fact that God is taking your side in every battle that you fight. Or maybe I should say that God is showing you the right path for you to take on this journey through life. Uh, You can include um, your children in this. Because there's a lot of things here that I think directly apply to them. But let's read it. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. I want you to understand who your foes are. Lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, pride of life. That's the the three powers that are powers over the sinful state of man. Um, 
Then, of course, you have principalities and powers, rulers of darkness, spiritual wickedness, and high places. Those are the spirits that are responsible uh, for the things that happen around us, for supernatural events, for paranormal events, for uh, people seeing uh, poltergeists uh, in their house, for people seeing all kinds of weird monsters and centaurs and minotaurs and things like that. They're, these, the wicked here in these chapters apply not only to wicked mankind, but wicked, evil spirits as well. Uh, in spite of all the binding and loosing that Kenneth Copeland and all his millions of followers have declared in faith that they're binding and loosing, they're going to bind up all these spirits and cast them into the lake of fire. I bind thee in Jesus' name. I'm binding this spirit. I'm binding the spirit of, of backaches. I'm binding the spirit of diabetes. I'm binding the spirit of... of uh, uh, ingrown toenails. I'm I'm binding this. I'm binding the spirits of hairs on the end of your nose that hurt and tickle when you pull them. You cry. I'm binding that spirit in the name of Jesus. Ah. You would think after all that binding, there would be no more spirits left. I think it's just easier to when you when you find yourself being beat on by devils. You ought to get your Bible out and read things like this. Verse 2, O Lord, my God, I drew a circle, and I stood inside that circle, and I faced the east and the north and the south and the west, and I prayed to... No, it doesn't say that, does it? O, my, o Lord, my God, I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. You know, uh, several years ago, when... Um, Caleb was younger. I was taking him to basketball practice at the YMCA. And um, we, had, we had just left the house. We weren't three miles away from our house. We were stopped at a stoplight. There was a pickup truck in front of me. And the light never did turn green. And all of a sudden, a gal in an SUV, we were in a, uh, a Toyota van, a Sienna minivan. And uh, this gal behind me in, a, in an SUV plowed into the back of our van. The cops said she was doing at least 45 miles an hour. She was on her phone. She wasn't looking at the light. She never hit her brakes. You know what she told the cops later? That she had stopped behind me. And when she saw the light turn green... Uh, then she uh, figured that everybody was going, so she hit the gas and hit me. That was a big lie. Oh, I was mad. Anyway, I ended up in the hospital for three days. And part of it was, when they got me to the hospital, my, the calves of my legs, my ankles, and my arches, they cramp almost every night, and especially when they get cold. And when I first got there, we had a, a young lady that was the ER nurse there. She was a former student in our Christian school. And I was good friends with her mom and dad. And uh, she was an outstanding student. And I'm thinking, oh, boy, I'm glad you're here. And she took, I told her, I said, if you keep my legs hot, 
they won't cramp up. They had me strapped down to a, a, a stretcher board, neck brace on, couldn't get up. And I said, because if they get cold, they're going to cramp. Well, uh, she went off duty and the other nurse wasn't paying attention to my legs. And lo and behold, both of my um, calves of my legs and ankles went into full-blown cramp mode. And severe pain registering in my mind. And I was screaming to the top of my lungs. Please, please, please stop it. Make it stop. Make it stop. And uh, at one point I begged them. This is going on for two or three minutes. And I'm begging them, let me stand up. Let me stand up. They said, we can't let you stand up. You still got the, the neck brace on. We haven't run tests on you yet. And I'm like, I got to I, make this up. They gave me a dose of morphine. Oh, that felt so good. But it didn't stop the cramps. Finally, the doctor wheels in a 55-gallon drum of Valium and <laughs> into me. And I could just feel everything in my legs and body just relax. I cried to the doctor and to the nurse. I didn't tell them exactly what they had to do because I figured they were the professionals. They were the ones who knew what needed to be done. And eventually, I know that doctor's first idea was not to load me up with that much happy juice but he finally realized this is going on too long. We got it. And everybody in that ER could hear me screaming. And folks, I can tell you that pain was nothing compared to what you will experience in hell. If you don't get your life right with God, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So anyway, I just cried unto the doctor. And of course, the doctor heard me and he healed me. My legs had uh, been in cramp so long and, for, and so hard. Uh, three hours later, they finally wheeled me up to a hospital room and the uh, orderly asked me, can you, can you get up and walk from this stretcher to your bed? I said, I don't know. I can try. Hold on to me. And when I put my legs down, it felt like I had been running five-mile marathon. They hurt so bad just from that one incident. But that's the thing. I didn't have to tell God what to do with my life. God already knows. I just cried unto him. And people, don't let anybody tell you that the prayers that you pray must be very sophisticated. They must be very precise. You must explain to God exactly what's going on. And you must explain to God exactly what you want. Or he won't do it. Or he won't. What, what do you think? God's stupid? He's the only adult in the room, people. 
I cried unto thee, and thou hast healed me. O Lord, thou hast brought up my soul from the grave. Thou hast kept me alive, that I should not go down to the pit. What do you think that is? Oh, that's the grave. That's the grave. That's why we dig pits for people. That's the grave. Oh, it's the bottomless pit. Sing unto the Lord. Oh, by the way, there's something else that's a pit, too. Let me show you this. Uh, it's in Proverbs. The strange woman. Um, the, the mouth of strange women is a deep pit. He that is abhorred by the Lord shall fall therein. You know, that woman, I believe, is Mother Earth, Gaia. Um, Ashtaroth, Isis, Ishtar, Diana. I believe that that strange woman whose mouth is a deep pit, I think that's the, the spirit of this world. Um, and she is the mother of harlots. Because they are born of the ways of this world, not the ways of God. You see, heaven is our mother. Galatians 4 spells that out in no uncertain terms. Jerusalem above is free, which is the mother of us all. And I take that to heart. I think it means exactly what it says. That God is our father, heaven is our mother. That city in heaven is our mother. Anyway, uh, back in the ranch. There we go. Uh, verse 4, Sing unto the Lord, O ye saints of his, and give thanks at the remembrance of his holiness. For his anger endureth but a moment. In his favor is life. Weeping may endure for a night, but joy cometh in the morning. Don't ever forget that. When you can't sleep at night and you are in distress and you're crying to God, don't forget that tomorrow morning's coming and it's going to be a new day. And God's going God's to make you aware of that. At some point, you'll say, you know what? This is a, a brand new day. And boy, is it different than yesterday. Um, verse 6. And in my prosperity, I said, I shall never be moved. That's what money does for us. It gives us a false safety. But money can't stop the things that are coming from spirits who won't be tempted by money. Um, and in my, let's see, I, I shall never be moved. Lord, by thy favor, thou hast made my mountain to stand strong. Thou didst hide thy face, and I was troubled. You don't want God to hide his face, do you? Uh, you know how to have God show you his face? Read the book. Read the book. 
I cried to thee, O Lord, and unto the Lord I made supplication. There he is. I cried to the Lord. What do you think that means? Crying. Crying because you don't know what to do. Crying because you don't know what to say. Oh, man. And people make it out so hard to reach God. Well, how did you pray? Because if you didn't, if you didn't name the devil specific for what's going on in your life, uh, God didn't remove it. You have to name them specifically. No, you don't. No, you no, you don't. Show show me, show me something in the Bible that says that. Show it to me. Doesn't exist anywhere where you have to name the name of all the devils now that have congregated against you and all of their various roles that they play. And you've got to identify every single one of them before God. So God, because God's like, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't even know who these people are. What, what are their names? What do they do? I mean, I don't know what they do. God, listen, God is the only adult in the room, people. If God doesn't know, then we are in trouble. But I see, I like the simplicity in Christ. I like it when I know that I can cry unto the Lord and he'll hear me. That's what I like. Um, What profit is there, verse 9, in my blood when I go down to the pit? Shall the dust praise thee? Shall it declare thy truth? Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned for me my mourning into dancing. You know, I'm going to be honest with you. Dancing is something that I just do not understand. And I'm being, I'm being comically serious. I do not understand what comes from standing out on a floor while music is playing and waving your arms up and down and turn, turning, make circles with your feet and turning around and doing, I, I just don't understand it. I mean, I like music. Don't get me, I love music. I'm a musician, but I just, I just don't get dancing. I don't, it's not a requirement for salvation. Okay. I'll say that. Thank God. Um, all the kids are probably going, that's because you're a Mzungu. You don't get it because you're a Mzungu. All right. Um, let me say this again. Hear, O Lord, and have mercy upon me. Lord, be thou my helper. Thou hast turned from me my mourning into dancing. Thou hast put off my sackcloth and girded me with gladness to the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord, my God, I will give thanks unto thee forever. Now I'm going to challenge you on something. Then we'll go to the next chapter. I want to challenge you on the music that you listen to. I do. I'm going to challenge you. Um, 
again, I'm a musician. I, I can appreciate various forms of music. Uh, when I go to Kenya, and, and we will be going there soon, okay? Pray for us. But when I go to Kenya, um, it, is, it is in their nature and in their tradition to dance before the Lord. For the most part, it is. And again, just like in America, there's varying degrees of that dance. Um, some I have seen are very worldly, very worldly. Uh, but I've also seen God turn that around literally while we were there preaching. And um, God dealing with some people about how they're putting too much of the flesh into their dance. I've seen that. I've seen God deal with a young man that was our music leader. We were doing a, 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 a preaching series out in Magori, Kenya, outside of town. And a young man, he was, just, he was just doing stuff all over the place, bouncing off of trees and, I mean, swinging from vines like Tarzan. And I, I'm exaggerating, but, I mean, he was. He's putting on the awfulest show. Mike Hutzel preached his case. And uh, he preached um, God is the spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. And you know that man's heart changed that week. And by the end of the week, we saw him a different person in the way that he led those people into singing and dancing. And I, I just looked at it as, boy, that, that just looks natural to them it does and i was not in any way offended i did not i did not give them the a piece of the american pie and say uh look um uh we in america we we frown on things like that so maybe you shouldn't do that i'm not doing that i'm not saying that um so anyway i i i think that in many cases, I've seen to where it was done in a very righteous manner, very holy manner. And um, it was beautiful to see. It really was. Um, they obviously understand what dancing is about. I don't. Okay? But anyway, verse 12 again, To the end that my glory may sing praise to thee and not be silent. O Lord my God, I will give thanks unto thee for ever. Apparently, I have gone completely off the air, and um, I don't know why, but I'm going to keep on going. To Psalm 31, in thee, O Lord, do I put my trust. Let me never be ashamed. Deliver me in thy righteousness. Bow down thine ear to me. Deliver me speedily. Be thou my strong rock. For an house of defense to save me. Who do you think David is running from? Is he running from men or is he running from spirits? I think he's running from spirits. For thou art my rock and my fortress, therefore for thy namesake. There it is. 
when you hear me pray, almost always, you will hear me say, Father, do this for your name's sake, for your glory's sake, for uh, the sake of your kingdom. Because that's where my prayers have to be directed. Every prayer and every desire that I have, I want to make sure that that desire and that uh, thing that I'm praying to God about, I want to know for sure that it, it brings God much praise and much testimony and whatever it is that person needs. That's what I want. I want it for the will of God, for the sake of God, for the name of God, that his city be not blasphemed. Amen. Uh, Verse 4. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. You know, you can say that Oh, they, David probably didn't have this in mind, Pastor Mike. I think you're just kind of adding to the scriptures a little bit, don't you? Let's read that verse again. Pull me out of the net that they have privily, that they have laid privily for me, for thou art my strength. What do they call this medium that we're using right now? Enter what? net the worldwide the worldwide web do you believe that millions and millions and millions of decent ordinary men have been turned into absolute perverts because of the internet. I do. I believe it 100% that men who ordinarily would not even consider looking at filthy pictures or whatever But now, now because they're so prevalent, because we can put that on our phone and sneak off anywhere we want to and watch whatever we want to watch. I mean, they've even got apps now to where you can stash your pictures and videos on your phone, and nobody would even know it. And I'm just telling you, they laid a net for us to fall into. They did it privily, but they did it. And I'm just wondering how many 
of our good preachers, how many of our good men, how many of our good ladies um how many um how many young people how, how many children have their first introduction to the world of adultery and fornication because of the internet That's it right there, people. That's where we live in. And that's, that doesn't even cover now. I've had to, I've had to deal with, with, with various people in, in our church and various people in the online ministry. I've dealt with people who were addicted to porn, dealt with people who were addicted to uh, same-sex relationships. I've, I've dealt with people who have um, uh, been hooked on uh, online gambling, losing tons of money, gambling online. We're not supposed to allow that in the state of Missouri, but it can be done now, I guess. Uh, let's see here. Who's writing me? All right. Thank you. appreciate that, Stevie. Um, now it's showing that all my streams are up. That's good. Appreciate y'all praying for me. But anyway, uh, look at this. Pull me out of the net that they have laid privily for me, thou, for thou art my strength. In other words, you, when somebody throws a net and catches you in that net, more than likely you're not able to get out on your own. You need help. God is there to help you. If God sees you caught in a net, He's not going to come over with a switch and start beating you bloody. No, he's going to help you out of the net first. <laughs> then he's going to beat you bloody. For thou art my strength. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Oh, look at that. Another prophecy fulfilled at the cross. Amen. Oh, I love it. Into thine hand I commit my spirit. Thou hast redeemed me, O Lord, God of truth. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. Now, hmm, I have hated them. I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. Now, I don't, I don't quite have the absolute okie-dokie answer for how it is that you can hate somebody, but then, you know, one of our laws that we're under is that we can't hate our brother, our sister. We can't hate people. We love them. Love thy neighbor as thyself. But I think I think there are some people out there that are just show all the signs of not ever going to get right with God. Never, 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 no, never, ever going to get right with God. And they absolutely are empowered 
to work against God on every front, and that includes God's people and God's kingdom. I've hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust in the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities and hast not uh, shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, uh, my soul and my belly. For my life is spent with grief and and my years with sighing. My strength faileth because of mine iniquity and my bones are consumed. I watched a a judge. He's a Michigan judge. He's uh, one of these judges that does a lot of this stuff that he does on Zoom. And he had a young lady there that... um, had a methamphetamine charge against her. And, of course, her lawyer was asking for, you know, probation and to get her such and such treatment in a center and um, so on and so on. And the judge started talking to the young lady. And it became evident that this woman had been on meth for a while. If you've ever seen somebody that has been hooked on meth, you know that they get big sores all over their face. Maybe all over their body, I don't know. Their teeth start turning black and start rotting out. Scars from old wounds and sores are apparent. Severe weight loss is part of it. And when this judge, who I've watched him enough, he's just, I think he's a good judge. I think he's very smart. He obviously knows the law. He knows what he can and cannot do. Um, but anyway... Um, he told, once he, once he let this young lady talk, he started talk. The judge said, you know what? There, your lawyer's trying to get you, um, probation. And he said, I can tell by your speech here today and by looking at you that more than likely you won't die of a methamphetamine overdose. I don't know of anybody uh really that has i don't know but he said you're rotting down to nothing and he said what do you, what do you weigh about what 85 90 pounds something like that she nodded and he's like methamphetamine you 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 usually won't get killed on an overdose you'll just rot out and rot to death and so he said, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to give you a 90-day sentence. The first 30 days are going to be spent in our county jail. No ifs, ands, or buts. No probation. 
No second chances. You are going to jail today for 30 days. You're going to dry out. And then, by then, we should have a place for you in a treatment center that we use because you need it. Your very health is being destroyed by this drug. And people, that's how it is. That's how it is. Drugs, alcohol, fornication, they destroy the fabric of our society. They destroy uh, the sanctity of marriages. They destroy everything in their path and take no prisoners. Um, let's see here. Uh, I have hated them that regard lying vanities, but I trust the Lord. I will be glad and rejoice in thy mercy, for thou hast considered my trouble. Thou hast known my soul in adversities, and hast not shut me up into the hand of the enemy. Thou hast set my feet in a large room. Have mercy upon me, O Lord, for I am in trouble. Mine eye is consumed with grief. Yea, my soul faileth because of mine iniquity, and my bones are consumed. Mm. I was a reproach among all mine enemies, but especially among my neighbors and a fear to mine acquaintance. They that did see me without fled from me. I am forgotten as a dead man out of mind. I am like a broken vessel, for I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me, and they devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, Thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and uh, from them that persecute me. Sounds like a band of devils. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. There it is. God has an unblemished record of having mercy on every living soul that ever lived on the earth. Untarnished, unblemished record of offering free mercy to everybody on the planet. And people just won't take him up on it. I have heard the slander of many. Fear was on every side while they took counsel together against me. They devised to take away my life. But I trusted in thee, O Lord. I said, thou art my God. My times are in thy hand. Deliver me from the hand of mine enemies and from them that persecute me. Make thy face to shine upon thy servant. Save me for thy mercy's sake. Let me not be ashamed, O Lord, for I have called upon thee. Um, let the wicked be ashamed and let them be silent in the grave. Let the lying lips be put to silence which speak grievous things proudly and contemptuously against who? Us. The collective us. Um, I want to go to 
close this out at Psalm 34 because that's really what led me in this direction. In verse 1, I will bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make, here it is, look at this, people, her boast in the Lord. Your soul is a female. And think about it. The church is always reckoned as a woman. She is his bridegroom. Or excuse me, yeah. She is, she is his bride. There, I got it. He is the bridegroom to the bride. And I had often, I, I struggle with that, and I'm like, well, what about men? Are we, are we the, the bride here or what? I mean, where do we fit in? And then I discovered this, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. And I think that if you'll just kind of ponder that for a while and study, some, study Romans 7 and, um, oh, where is it? It's in, I think it was 1 Samuel chapter 30, somewhere around in there, when Abigail is married to Nabal. Nabal is a fool. He's mean. And um, Abigail ends up marrying David because uh, her husband has died. And Paul, that's what Paul said, is that once the husband is dead, the wife now is free to remarry. And he used that illustration there in Romans 7 to uh, instruct us in, in the way that God sees us when we die. Um, and the fact that we are now freed from this body of flesh. Our soul is freed from being married to Nabal, Nabal is our flesh. Our flesh never wants to serve God. It doesn't want to live for God. It doesn't want to do anything. Our soul on the inside of us is what wants to please God. But our soul can't do anything as long as the outer man, as um, long as that outer man is alive. And so, uh, my soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. I sought the Lord and he heard me. He delivered me from all my fears. That's, that's the verse that God gave me this morning. That God has delivered me from how many fears? All of them. And, you know, I've told you stories about being in Kenya and being under spiritual attack. And there have been times when um, those works out there were just absolutely phenomenal. And that's what God did. Um, the fact that this little boy born in Pine Bluff, Arkansas, on the, on the wrong side of a, of a river levee, <laughs> which means that if the river flooded, our house was going. Um, 
but this this little boy from Arkansas grows up and by God's absolute grace uses me, uses you, uses us together to help fight the devil for people that we know, um, our family members, our friends, people who say that they just can't seem to do it. Well, they can't. But I know a God that can. I know this God. And my hope is is that you know him too and that you learn to trust him in everything. Not just the good times, but the bad times as well. Well, I got to run. Good to be with you today. I uh, thank God for you. Uh, keep us in your prayers. I mentioned during this broadcast that we are planning a trip to Kenya. I will give you more details as time goes along. It's going to be a long trip. So extra prayers for us. We're going to try to do a feeding this week in Turkana for Christmas. Um, I don't normally, I mean, I just don't do this. But for some reason, I just feel uh, liberty today uh, to ask you, would you like to get involved in this feeding? And you know what I mean by that. Financial support. Uh, we want to feed as many people as we possibly can. The food prices have really hurt our ability to do what we were doing. We were doing like two feedings a month. Now we're down to barely one. And uh, so, yeah, one, one, one time in... Um, how long have I been doing this? Since 2000, January 2009. So that was uh, 10 years in 2019, and it's 2000, and it's going to be 2004. So almost five, almost 15 years. I've never asked for a dime, but uh, I'm just going to ask you to pray about it, okay? ask you to pray about it. The Lord's in it. The Lord will move in you. Uh, if the Lord's not in it, then who am I to override the Lord? Amen. And for your donation, I will send you one of Peter Popov's Miracle Spring Water in a Ketchup Packet. I don't know what good it'll do, but that's what I'm going to send you. All right? Hey, I love you. God bless you. We will see you later. Think Bible. <laughs>